Hey everybody, thank you for taking the time to tune into the snapshot. My name is Phil Barber and I'm a guy who loves sports and has the same simple questions for interesting people in the sports industry, like coaches, agents, athletes, and more, whose decisions and actions are judged on a national stage. The guests that we'll have on this podcast will give you a snapshot of extraordinary character and resilience in the midst of ordinary decisions. I want each episode of The Snapshot to reveal to listeners the journey of long shots, the backstories of scrutinized decisions, or even simply what everyday tasks look like on a much more public and visible scale. Welcome to episode four of The Snapshot podcast. On this episode, we're joined by four-year starter at Florida Atlantic University, Super Bowl 55 champion, and current Minnesota Vikings kicker, Craig Joseph. What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for joining us. We, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on the big month of February. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, it was one heck of a ride. Still, I don't know if it still hit me yet. It's or hasn't hit me yet. It's it's crazy. Yeah, man. That was a span of what three days? Yeah, yeah. A couple of days after the Super Bowl, and then bang, <laughs> the bike came in the picture. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, before we get into more recent events. Let's let's take a step back. So you're originally from Johannesburg, South Africa. I am. Moved to South Florida. Mm-hmm. And you you were always a soccer and a rugby fan, but picked up football once you moved to Florida, right? Yeah. So um, whole families from South Africa, um, you know, obviously cousins, parents, grandparents, etc. Uh, yeah, we moved here when I was young. Didn't really understand football at first. It took me a couple of years to fully understand, you know, why people kept stopping every couple of seconds. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I've been, I'm a soccer guy. Uh, my whole life up until college was soccer, soccer, soccer. I loved it. You know, David Beckham was my idol. Um, so growing up, that's my whole life was soccer. Every weekend was soccer. Every weeknight was soccer. But then, yeah, so I was thought I was going to college for soccer. Had a couple offers for that. Um, but then the football coach came out right at the end of junior year, basically, and said, hey, uh, you know, you're one of the taller soccer players. You want to try kicking? I was like, absolutely. One of my buddies was doing it at the time, so it was fun. Then it got competitive at it. And, uh, yeah, started kicking and then went on to kick that full senior season at American Heritage in Delray. And, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to accrue a couple offers, but ultimately decided to walk on to FAU. So it was a, it was a quick turnaround. And um, I just made a decision because I thought I was going for soccer, but in this country – if it's by the time you're graduating college, most of the time it's too late to go pro anyway. So I uh, figured football gave me a better chance to get a full scholarship and, you know, see what I could do with it afterwards. That's awesome. So that's kind of what, even though you'd only played for a year and you decided to walk on, it was because you felt like there was more of a future in football. Absolutely. Uh, My main goal was to, at that point, you know, I didn't know too much about kicking the NFL. I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, that point, my main goal was to alleviate the stress of uh, tuition on my parents. I did not want them to pay for college. You know, I got all the academic scholarships I could and this and that, but there's nothing quite like a full football scholarship because, you know, there's full scholarships for other sports, but it, they're not necessarily as big or cover everything like like football does. Right. And then you did end up having a pretty successful career at FAU, earned a scholarship. Mm-hmm. You graduated as Owls all-time leader in field goals made. Points scored, PATs made, and field goals attempted. And then you set single game records for PATs, field goals, points scored by kicking, and you have the record for the longest field goal. When you look back at 
at your career at FAU, it took, I'm, I'm sure, some turns that you weren't expecting and was a ride unlike anything else, especially after only having played football for one year. What stands out to you when you think of your career at FAU? Um, well, first of all, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that without, you know, my teammates around me. You know, we're all, I'm still close with so many of them. And, you know, obviously I can't kick if the team's not helping me and putting me in positions to kick. So all those records, you know, belong to them. Um, but when I think I had so much fun in college, um, you know, I've loved FAU. I love being close to the beach. Um, and I, we had a good group of friends on the team. So it was a lot of fun. That's what sticks out to me the most. And then every time I think of it, I'm like, Oh man, just like everyone. I'm like, I wish I knew then what I knew now. Cause I, right. I'm such a different and better kicker that if you put me in college now, I feel like I would attack it totally differently, but you can't change the past. And that has, you know, molded me into the kicker I am today. So I'm thankful for it in every learning curve and bump in the road on the way. Definitely. Do you think being close to home at FAU played an impact in going there as well? Absolutely. Um, at first, you know, in high school, I was one of those kids. I was like, oh, I want to go to the Carolinas for college. I want to get out of the heat. Um, but then I sat back and really think about it. Um, I wanted to be close to my grandparents and my, I have two younger brothers. So I got to see them go through high school um, and I wouldn't change that for the world. Uh, so that was the main reason I did it. And then everything else fell into place. And plus, I love being close to home because when you go to school in the same city or I guess, you know, 20 minutes from where you grew up, um, you get to be as close as you want to home, like when you need your laundry done or yeah. as far away as you want from home, like, you know, and then you don't necessarily have to go home, but obviously you can talk to your parents. So it was, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't, if I could do it all over again, I'd choose the exact same thing. That's awesome. That's a special opportunity. When you got to FAU, your goal was to earn a scholarship and to play football, get a good education. At what point did you know, like, all right, I want to give this NFL thing a shot? Yeah, closer to my junior year, um, you know, so I think the reason I got a shot to play at FAU was um, people noticed my leg strength, which I was just, you know, blessed and lucky, lucky to have, um, because that's something you can't necessarily teach. You can teach someone to harness it and form and technique, et cetera, but some people have the leg, some people don't. Um, and so I think that's what helped me get in the door, uh, but yeah, that was just, I said, I'd say around junior year, um, people started talking, you know, people started putting me on like these, whatever lists they have. And then I was like, okay, well, and I had to talk with my mom. And I was like, you know, it's, you know, obviously coming up on senior year, if we're going to, if I'm going to do it, let's do it. You know, I'm going to go all in for it. I'm going to give everything I have because I believe I might not be good enough right now because I still had a couple of years left to develop. But when that time comes up, I'll put in the work and see where it goes because why I've, I've come this far, you know, why stop now? Right. For sure. So I'm going to keep going. Oh yeah. They, they literally tell me to stop. Absolutely. Why not? You went undrafted, had a quick stint with the dolphins and then ended up having a very successful 14 game season in Cleveland. You went 17 to 20 on your field goals and had a game winner that went in. Yeah. What did that feel like? You close out the season. You had seen, an opportunity slip away being at home and then you went to Cleveland it seemed like you were really enjoying yourself there enjoying the team you had a lot of good guys around you and you performed well what did that feel like yeah so I had fun at the Dolphins um, I learned a lot um, the coach was awesome his uh, Rizzy he's with the Saints now but awesome guy learned a lot from him and Jason and I are good friends now um, he's a good kicker I felt like I did well in Miami though I did what I could I made I made my kicks um, and it was just on to the next journey 
so then going to Cleveland, had, I felt like I had a really good rookie year. Um, only had 20 attempts, but, you know, was 85% in Cleveland as a rookie. I was happy with that, you know, and a lot of people, uh, you know, I felt like I did well. Um, and, yeah, just that was a year of learning, um, year of, you know, navigating my way around the league. And, you know, it was fun because I still talked to a lot of people from Cleveland, still talked to some people from Miami. It's all molding, you know, into part of my journey, which is still unfolding, you know, as we speak. For sure, for sure. Just a few years out. Exactly. You followed up that successful season with a good offseason. You stay with Cleveland, come to camp of that year, and you got released. What did yeah. that feel like after such a great season? So that was tough because we had a really good locker room. But, um, you know, they drafted a kicker. Um, so that's always a tough opposition to go against. But I felt I did very well in camp. You know, I felt like I was a better kicker than the season before, which I, which I was. But I just, you know, once I got released, I, I, saw a, I sort of saw it coming. And I was just like, okay, you know, you're very blessed if you get a clear-cut journey in this league. A lot of the groups have bounced around before sticking to a team. Um, so I was like, this is the journey. So I, you know, got released, packed up all my stuff and came back to South Florida and stayed in the same routine that I would have if I was on a team. Um, and then, you know, it was a long season because I wasn't picked up till later in the year, but stayed in that routine, had a lot of workouts on the way. And then, um, yeah, had a pretty good workout in um, Charlotte for the Panthers and they signed me to the P-Squad. So in those couple months, you mentioned you were back at home. What does it look like We'll get to it in just a little bit. But in one season, you went from being in Cleveland, being at home, being in Carolina, and then being in Tennessee. Are you just hopping from hotel to hotel? What does that kind of that process look like? Oh, yeah. Been in a lot of hotels these last couple of years. But yeah, so in, in Charlotte, I was in the hotel, a hotel for the first couple of weeks. And then luckily had some mutual friends from a good friend of mine that let, let me, you know, open up their home to me. So, you know, that was awesome to have an actual bed and room and stuff like that. And then as soon as you're getting comfortable, bang, Tennessee claimed me. So then I was into another hotel in Tennessee, obviously. So then we made playoffs and we had a, one heck of a run in the playoffs, which was an absolute blast. And I was in the hotel, but then Kerr and the punter, awesome guy, invited me. He's like, hey, dude, get out of the hotel. I'm like, so he let me stay. And he has a nice basement, you know, nice bedroom in the basement, um, bathroom, whole setup, everything you want. So I went and stayed with him. And so that was at least nice to get out of the hotel and super nice of him and his family and everything's amazing. Awesome people. That's awesome. Like you alluded to, you ended up signing a three-year contract with the Titans that December leading up to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You hit hundred percent of your kicks, including mm -hmm. a clutch kick against uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship, a game that I don't think hardly anybody expected you guys to even be in. No. What did that kind of that season mean to you being able to, to just bounce right back and know that, that hard work paid off? That was awesome because that showed me and helped me believe that, okay, you know, last year wasn't a fluke. Like you really do believe that you do belong in this league. Nashville's awesome. The locker room in Tennessee is amazing. Um, you know, awesome guys. And um, yeah, so that run was a lot of fun. It was special, you know, because you're right. We, no one expected us to even make the playoffs. Right. And then, bang, you know, you go to Brady in New England and you're like, okay, you know, like it's Brady in New England. Let's see how this goes. We beat them. And then it's like, okay, now you got to go to Baltimore when Lamar just had an MVP season. How's this going to go? And then, bang, you know, we, the team had an awesome game against them. And then that's when you really start feeling like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this thing, you know, but, and then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are just too much to handle that year. And then we, 
we played a great game and honestly, obviously they're a great team. Um, they won the Super Bowl that year. So um, that was a really fun, fun ride. Even myself to the fact of like, yeah, you know, you made clutch kicks, you made, you didn't miss a kick in the end of the regular season or playoffs. Right. Um, like you belong, you know, and you're going to make something happen here. For sure. I mean, I, I guess they only let you attempt one field goal, but mm -hmm. how did that feel kicking in the postseason versus kicking in the regular season? Um, the first game's like a little different, but then you settle in, you know, and you're like, okay, you know, it's, a, it's the same thing. Just got to keep being you and do the same thing over and over again. Everyone was really focused on the fact that I was only getting field or only getting PATs, but a, you know, PATs aren't chip shots anymore. They're 33 field goals and it didn't bother me because I just wanted to contribute to the team. And if I'm just picking PATs, that means we're scoring touchdowns and touchdowns wins games, you know? So I wasn't in the slightest bothered by any question or by it at all. It was how can I help contribute to the team? And at that point it was PATs. If my name was called for a field goal, as I showed, you know, I was ready for it, but yeah, it was more so I didn't, I didn't care if it was worth one point or three points. My goal is to make the kick. And if the team scoring touchdowns, that helps you win a game. Definitely. You guys were fun to watch. And um, I mean, they've, they've proven that they have a good core there, good coaching staff. And, and it Derek looks like. Monster. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. Following that season, you were, you were with Tennessee for the whole off season. And then they mm -hmm. brought in seasoned vet, Stephen Gaskowski. Yep. What did that feel like? I know you signed a three-year contract getting there. Mm -hmm. You hear that nothing in the NFL is guaranteed, but mm -hmm. what does that number mean when you sign it? Like they're signing you to a three-year contract. Is it just arbitrary? Yeah. That, so that's, that was just like the standard free agent um, type deal. So I'd oh. never put too much weight in that. Um, I was focused on, I had a good camp, you know, I had some competition in camp, but, but believed I was doing well. <clears throat> and there's still a lot of respect between myself and um, the guys at Tennessee, you know, they made a decision where obviously um, they told me that they liked me. They told me that they trusted me. It just so happened that the pieces fallen, uh, fell into place where, you know, Steven was uh, in the area and lives there, et cetera. And obviously look what Steven's done this league. He's been one of the most successful kickers in history. It was just circumstance. I don't hold any ill will to Tennessee and, you know, hopefully they don't hold any to me because I did what I could there. I loved my time in Nashville. Nashville's awesome. Um, but, yeah, it was a uh, – I mean, that one, it hurt a little bit, but it's part of the business and just rolling with, rolling with the punches. But uh, I just – I left there holding my head high because I did everything I could. I made everything I could. I made every kick I attempted. And one heck of a ride, you know, obviously when there's a guy like Steven on the street, it makes it a little tougher for a guy like me who's trying to prove himself. So I left there holding my head high and like I said, nothing but love and respect between myself and the Titans organization, which we both show in my exit meeting and stuff like that. That's an important mindset to have. It seems like in the NFL to have that respect, love and care for the guys and yeah. the organization, but understand it, it's a business and the reality yeah. is sometimes. Exactly. Somebody and that's all it was. And that's all they told me, you know, when I was being released is that, you know, you did great here. Um, we loved you here. The guys love you here, but in this case, you know, it's just something we're, we're going to do, which I understand because like we said, Steven, Steven, and I left there holding my head high. Right. So leaving Tennessee, were you ready for something like seasons past where you were going to go home and, and prep for a while, or did you already have teams? I mean, from, from right off the bat. Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. You know, once it got out, um, it happened pretty quickly that teams wanted to bring me in for a workout, et cetera. Things were still a little iffy with COVID because it was the beginning of the year. So things weren't that clear yet, but yeah, it happened quick. 
And then my agent and I talked it over and we chose between the, the teams that approached us, we chose to go for a, a workout in, in Tampa. And so I uh, packed all my stuff and was started driving down there. Pretty good choice. Yeah. So obviously chose, chose Tampa, was happy to come back to Florida. Right. Um, and I mean, everything that was going on with the organization and I was just looking to get on the field no matter, you know, no matter where, no matter how I wanted to play this season. But yeah, chose to go to Tampa. And then that's obviously where I was for the last 22, 23 weeks, whatever it was. Definitely. You show up to Tampa in early September. So mm-hmm. what did that look like? Because you, you would have come in as a like an in-season signing. Uh, what did that look like with COVID protocols and all that stuff? Yeah, so I want to say I came in the week before a game. I, I'm not remembering if there was a week that game, a game that week or not. But um, I came in, got there on a Saturday, and then had to quarantine till Tuesday because at that point it was three days, I believe, in the hotel. You know, I'd go for walks. I would do this, that, just grab food. Um, I'd go there and test in the morning, and then you kind of have the rest of the day to do what you want. Then on that last day after you pass your last test, you're able to go in there and do your physicals, et cetera, stuff like that. And then then you're then you're thrown in with the team, and then you go to meetings, practice, all that stuff. For sure. And I've heard, I've heard you talk about it a little bit, but when you're signed to a practice squad role, that doesn't change what your day-to-day activities look like versus an active roster role? No, I did everything. Ryan and I did the same things, except sometimes we kicked on different days, but most of the time we kicked on the same days um, and he would play in games and I, I didn't. So it was pretty similar. And then I would hint, I would help out with some of the, the scout team. Like sometimes I hit kickoffs for the scout team and stuff like that to give our return team a look. Gotcha. So I'm going to ask you the question you've probably got far too often since you signed with Tampa. What's it like to play with Tom Brady? He's awesome. Uh, first of all, the thing I admire most about Tom is that Tom is obviously one of the greatest athletes of all time, but Tom is a better person. You know, he's then, than an athlete, which I hold, if you know me, I hold that in much higher regard than being a great athlete. Um, he took time to talk to anyone, whether you're, you know, the practice squad kicker or, you know, Devin White, the starting linebacker, um, something like that. Um, just a good guy, you know, um, will talk to you, remembers your name, remembers everything, like stuff that you could easily put past him. Tom's just a guy, you know, so I made it a point that first week to go up to him, just introduce myself, like, hey, I'm Greg Joseph, I'm the practice squad kicker. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said we talked every day, but it's cool to be around a guy with that mindset and who has, like, that crazy influence over so many guys, you know, just because, just by, just by his presence. Um, he makes everyone work harder, but what, like I said, what sticks out to me and I'll remember forever and we'll, what I'll tell people forever is that he's a better person than he is athlete, which I respect him for. Absolutely. Can't, can't say that about everybody. And like you said, that's, that's an important trait to have, especially being held at the highest level. But I mean, he's done this for 20 plus years, but not everyone's going to do it for that long. A lot of people have to transition out of football at some point. Um, and then it matters what type of person you are. Definitely. Definitely. Especially others, because, you know, while you're in the league, you still want to be a good person. I'm not saying you can be a bad person to be in the league, but, you know, life, you still have to be a good person for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So you guys had a very talented roster in Tampa. Did that kind of just feed off to the whole team? I mean, knowing what you guys expected, obviously it, it seems like Brady brings that, that aura of winning and that like culture of success. Um, was that kind of just a standard across practice and having guys like Gronk and AB and all the other talented guys that, that don't get talked about on the Bucks roster um, as much, but 
having that talent across the board, did that develop that culture and kind of help foster that? Yeah, definitely, definitely seems that way. I didn't, I was, you know, obviously during practice and stuff, we're a bit separate. We go and we can, and we'll do, you know, work on different things. So we're not necessarily in there watching all of practice. So it's tough to say on that, but I can only imagine. So based on what the other guys say, you know, like the standard got raised um, and obviously it was good enough to win the Super Bowl this year. That's awesome. So what did Super Bowl week look like for you personally? Um, since I think a lot of things were restricted because of COVID, I don't know what it would look like on a normal year, but um, it was pretty, pretty much the same. Um, just tighter security because of everything going on. Um, we had to COVID test twice a day leading up to it. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, normal week, BA kept us on the same schedule leading up to the game. That's awesome. And that's especially you guys got to play home in Tampa. Yeah, it was awesome because uh, first team in history to do that. Right. So you signed with the Minnesota Vikings this month. What mm -hmm. are you most excited for in this opportunity? I'm excited to get back on the field. You know, um, it was an awesome year in Tampa. And so Sucup and I are now, we're good friends, close friends. Um, we got along really well, which a lot of people might have not in that same situation. And I picked, used the time to pick his brain because he's been in the league, you know, 12 years. So it was a year of learning. I took that step back and I wasn't just going to sit there and be like, oh, I just can't wait for this year to be over. I used it. I learned. I worked on stuff. I usually wouldn't work on during season because I knew I wasn't kicking that weekend. I'm a better kicker for it. And yeah, so I'm excited to get back on the field and for the opportunity to get back on the field. The Vikings seems like a good opportunity for that. And I'm, I'm excited to get up there and meet the guys, work with the guys. And um, I know the punter pretty well because we were together in Cleveland. So uh, he's a good friend of mine. Like you mentioned, uh, you were with Britain in Cleveland. How important to you is it to transition to a new team, but have that like familiarity? I think so. First of all, it's awesome because Britain and I get along so great. Like we still talk almost every day, Charlie, Brendan, and I, he's the long snapper in Cleveland. Um, you know, we still have our group chat going. Um, we get along, so we have the same sense of humor, same personality, so we just have fun when we're together. So that definitely plays a role in it, but it's also the fact that anywhere you go in this league, those the guys are pros. The snapper and the holder are pros. So um, I'd be lying if I said, like, oh, it's that much better just to go one, some here or there, because everyone's pro. Everyone's really good at their job in the NFL. But having that pre-existing relationship with Britt, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to get back to be on the same team as him again. Good, good. So I know Charlie won't be in Minnesota with you guys, but are we going to see a uh, recreation of the, the Christmas photo, Christmas card? Oh, we'll see. I'm going to I'm gonna have to keep you on your toes for that one. <laughs> I can't get that information yet, but we'll see when the time comes. That's awesome. This is me trying to create a cliffhanger out of absolutely nothing. <laughs> It's impossible to not be a, a kicker in the league and, and know the struggles going on. But like you said, you don't want to wish ill will on any kicker, any player in the NFL. Never. Um, nope, never. Not the way I roll. So how, how tough is that to kind of focus, stay focused on yourself, but still be aware of your surroundings? That's a good question. I just, I just knock out that second part by being aware of my surrounding. That's my agent's job. I just focus on me. You know, and obviously, you know what's going on because I enjoy watching football, but I don't relate it back to me like a lot of people would. I focus on what I can do and how I would handle that situation, and, and that's it. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I'm going to take that into Minnesota and just excited for the opportunity to get on the field and, you know, bust my butt and work hard to be there and help that team in any way I possibly can. Definitely. 
And you've kicked with a lot of incredible kickers over the years and over your time in the NFL. How do you balance that? Like you said, you and Suckup have a great relationship right now. How do you push each other, but also help each other continue to get better and then learn from him as much as possible or learn from any of the kickers you've been around? So sometimes I think just being in each other's presence um, helps both get better because I enjoyed watching him kick. He'd watch me kick, et cetera. You know, off seasons, we have a good group train down here with a bunch of NFL guys. So, you know, me and Eddie Panero and Jason Sanders will go at it and we'll, you know, stuff from each other along the way. So just being in each other's presence helps you raise the level of intensity and helps everyone get better. I'm always going to be, try to be a good human. And so for me, being a good person is never going to, come in front of being a good athlete. Um, so I, like I said, that comes and that helps me never wish ill will on anyone, never. But of course we mess with each other and have fun and try to test each other's mental toughness. And I think we take a lot from just being in each other's presence and watching each other. And then we could talk out certain things. Like I picked Ryan's brain nonstop on, well, why do you do this? when did you come to this? You know, when do you change this? Even to down to what cleats he wears, you know, and different turfs require different cleat lengths, et cetera. So that's just an example of how we learn from each other. But I think a lot of it is, and Ryan told me this, it's like just being in each other's presence helps each other get better. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you've got guys of that caliber around you, it's it's hard to not not want to live up to that standard and continue to get better. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a lot being a good person over the course of this interview. How big of an impact do you think your faith has had on your career and being in each place you've been? I think the biggest thing is that my faith keeps me close to my family and my faith has brought an amazing support system around me. Um, so that's what keeps me going. You know, um, I love doing this for my family. I love, you know, if football is a way that it brings my family together because they un, in like in unusual times where they wouldn't necessarily be together, but they come together. I love that, you know, cause then it's all time for them to spend together. And it's just, I'm religious in my own way. Um, I believe in myself and truly finding that like happiness and that strength in religion has helped me carry on also. Absolutely. You're now three years out. If you could go back to Greg Joseph freshman year, you just got redshirt. I believe you got redshirted your freshman year. I was actually cut, but yeah. So I use that. Really? As a redshirt. Yeah. So I um, walked on to FAU and I knew they told me that you pr probably weren't going to win the job, but you could possibly win the kickoff job. He ended up keeping the kickoff job. And I was, you know, I was 18 at the time. So I was just, he was a redshirt senior, I believe. So, you know, four or five years older, hell of a nice guy. Um, I, so I knew I was probably going to get the job. I was like, all right, I'll take this year to learn, get better, practice every day, go from there. They ended up cutting me and leaving themselves a no backup kicker. They, um, there was two of us, they cut both of us. And I was like, well, that's a little weird move. But I was like, okay, this, I can either quit right now and become a normal college student or bust my butt and come back stronger so I was cut I wasn't even on the team for that fall but I was I was at school yeah I was at school I just trained by myself I went you know went kicking with a coach um I was a normal college student you know like oh if I wanted gosh. to party till 3 a.m every night I, I could have but you know I just took it to took the year to lock in got a lot better um that coaching staff actually got fired then Partridge and his crew came in that following spring I went I tried out for them made every kick hit some really good kickoffs and I think I remember one or I remember this because Coach Hurd, who I'm still really close with, I hit one of the uprights, and I'm sure there was wind helping me. And he just threw his arms up because he, he was trying to get the distance. And I was like, okay, that, that was cool. That was a moment. <laughs> so, yeah, then they called me. They told me I made the team. 
and from that point on didn't didn't miss a rep as the starter which i'm which i'm proud of that's but, awesome uh, but yeah so i was actually so i was tech i was technically redshirted it counted as my redshirt year but uh i wasn't on the team that's wild man mm-hmm. a story not many people know yeah so i well i guess if you could go back to either yourself right after you got cut or yourself that spring when you knew you were on the team had you won the job at that point um no so at that point they had scholarship to kicker named landon so i was like oh, okay, like here we go again but i won the job at the end of camp follow that following that year um, oh, we nice. back at camp and then um you know he was obviously on scholarship so i had to i worked that much harder right won the job and you know didn't didn't miss a rep from that point on and if you could tell yourself something that off season, that spring, going back, knowing what you know now, you said what you give to to go back and know what you know now. Then, if you could tell yourself yeah. one or two things, what what do you think they'd be? I think it's just that. I think it's just knowledge. You know, it's just I look at kicking so differently now because I understand it better. Back then, like, oh, you know, I have a strong leg, like let's kick it. But I've learned so much since then. So I would have to say it's just knowledge. Other than that, as far as my journey, as far as the people I've met, the stuff I've done, I wouldn't change a thing you know we had a great strength staff that helped us get ready and then everyone in the league has a great strength strength staff as well so I think it'd be just just knowledge because I look back and I'm not anywhere near I want to be where I want to be yet but I look back and I'm happy with my work ethic I'm happy that I just put my head down on work and I was I was a hard worker and I am a hard worker and I will be a hard worker and so I think it would just be knowledge and then you know on days where maybe I didn't work as hard as I should have tell myself to push yourself a little harder yeah, that's kind of seemed to be a motto you've you've lived by and hung your hat on throughout your college career and your yeah. NFL career is just putting your head down and working. Crazy work can get you. Absolutely. If you had to pick one teammate you've had over your football career, NFL and college, one teammate to survive with in the wild, who do you think it would be? So we're just in the wild, flat out, just trying to survive. Just got to survive. That's a good question. I didn't know what I didn't know where you're going with that. <laughs> Honestly, I would just say Britt, just because I think we'd both survive and we get along great. We wouldn't get on each other's nerves. We would laugh our way through the jungle and find our way to safety. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm I'm pumped for you and and pumped for him that you guys get to be back together and yeah, get I to have that opportunity. As much as I want to say someone like I don't know, like Sue or someone who's an absolute beast, just help me get through. I think I'll just, I'll stick with Brit and we'll laugh our way through and, you know, we'll have fun, um, but and, but we'll survive and be smart because he's a smart guy also. And we find our way out there back to safety. Who do you think of the teammates you've had has surprised you the most? Whether it's someone you didn't expect to get along with as well as you did or just kind of really blew you away? Well, we knew Gronk was an absolute goofball and that's, that stays true. Someone who blew me away. A lot of people think Baker's this loud, outspoken, cocky guy, but he's really not. He's pretty soft-spoken. And yeah, Baker's a nice guy. Um, comes to work, goes home to his wife. You know, simple. Does he actually live in the stadium? I can't speak on that. Those those commercials came out after I was there. But um, <laughs> and Baker, he plays loud, and he's obviously, but that's him. He's he's most himself when he's on the field, but in the locker room and stuff. A uh, quiet guy, awesome, nice guy. That's cool. And then, yeah, I was also pretty surprised when I found out uh, Devin White has a stable and rides horses. That took really? me for, yeah, exactly. Wow. So, uh, love horses, has his own stable, um, stuff in like Tampa? that. So, 
I'm not sure the location, but I'm sure it's somewhere in Florida. Probably. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that took me for a spin also, so that was a big surprise. Wow. But good for, he, lo- he loves it, so good for him. That's awesome. It, it is funny when you you see these NFL guys yeah. on sports center. Yeah, we have, we have lives too, and they have, they have you know it's just like oh you just see him tackling people all day, but everyone has lives outside of football and right. does their own has their own passion. So that was one that I saw and I was like, Oh, good for him. You know, cause that that's his escape and he loves it. So good for him. What would you say is your escape? Oh, I go to the beach. I'm a beach bum. I go relax on the beach, you know, juggle with juggle a soccer ball with my friends or stuff like that. But I'm a, I'm a beach bum. I just go enjoy, bring a good book, sit there and relax for hours. There you go. East coast or West coast beach of Florida. East coast all day. The sand over there is a little weird. It's like you could tell it's like man-made, but the sunsets, you can't touch the sunsets over there. Over That's there. True. The sunsets That's true. the sunsets are beautiful. Some of the sand is white. It's just not like the sand over here. And the water's more pretty over here, I think. That's good to know, man. Keep enjoying it. When do you report in Minnesota? I'm not sure. We'll see how uh, how COVID affects it. We don't know if there's gonna be OTAs this year, but uh, as soon as we know, then I'll work it out and work the logistics. But as as of right now, I'm I'm not sure yet. That's exciting, man. We're wishing you the best. Um, I, I appreciate, appreciate it. taking your time. No, of course, man. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate your time. If you're excited about what's in store for the snapshot, subscribe, drop a like, and don't hesitate to reach out on social media. I'll see you next week.